Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barnty Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. Can you think of the last time you saw something and you decided to tell all your friends about it? Yeah, and of course, the ones who trust me and trust my taste listened and actually heeded my advice to go and try out a product or a restaurant even. I think it's usually the restaurants, right? Because mm. it's always more believable when the person <laughs> has tried it, tells you about it all. <laughs> Well, essentially what we're talking about is word of mouth. You yeah, know? It's yeah. uh, something in this day of digitalization that you think is a day of the pa- uh, thing of the past, but no, not really. Yeah, I mean, now it's become even easier, right? Viral marketing online, but in, there are various ways of doing this. Yeah? There's an organic way of doing this through more natural channels. And word of mouth might seem pretty direct, but there are some strategic measures that a brand or business should take to boost this type of marketing. And most of all, I think credibility and trust do play a part here. Yeah? Let's find out a little bit more from uh, Evangeline Leong, founder of Kobe Global Technologies. Evangeline, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, well, hopefully along the way, you'll have some uh, word of mouth restaurants to share with us uh, <laughs> marketing wise. But let's talk okay, a little bit breakfast. about, let's talk a bit uh, about, about your platform. It's an AI influencer marketing platform. Um, and you're talking about what you've got over what, 20,000 relevant influencers involved here? Yes, that's right. So we've got a platform and the influencers out there, they sign up. Once they sign up, uh, because we are Facebook and TikTok partners, we are able to understand their, I would say, uh, data better, which translates to like personality, what do they like, their followers, demographics, uh, whether they've bought fake followers online. Mm. Mm. then that helps our marketers better in, in reaching out to the correct influencers or I would say relevant ones to, to spread that word of mouth that you guys were talking about. You know, you mentioned uh, the number of followers, right? That tends to be the first thing that businesses look at. The more followers this guy has or this woman has, this influencer has, the better for me. But it's definitely not that simple, right? That, in fact, is quite an unintelligent way of looking at it, isn't it? You could have five followers, but all those five are your target market and you could get so much more out of them than you could from someone with maybe a 100 followers. So give me an example of how intelligent this system is is of pairing influences with brands. Yeah, precisely. I think following the massive number of followers is a pretty uh, traditional way to look at what we call in the past blogger marketing, right? The more followers you are, the more indication of popularity you are and then translates to the more expensive or the more um, a marketer should decide on using this particular influencer. But today we are looking at a lot more relevant uh, influencer marketing whereby we would have to study number one um, the influencer or the content creator whether his or her personality um, lifestyle fits into the brand's requirement I'll give you an example if a example like a brand like say Pepsi would like to look for an influencer in a more mommy kind of lifestyle then they would have to find someone like that and the mommy related influencer we will also have to check whether their followers are also the same age group, gender, or even located in the country that we are trying to target. What if all the followers are not in, say, for example, Singapore, that we are trying to influence as a target market? Then it would really be a waste of the marketing dollars if we were to engage this influencer. Mm. 
You know, I used to be a, a blogger, just to give away my age there, a long time ago. But you guys describe yourself as an influencer specialist. I mean, I understand everything you've talked about. Uh, how then do influencers work with you? What are the requirements to get on board? Ah, yes. Um, actually, in the past, yes, it's really referred to as blogger, right? Mm. And then today, uh, and actually the word blogger came from Blogspot. Yes. Right, which mm. is a platform that we all go blogs on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right? And then today, you, you also hear words like Instagrammer yeah. or YouTuber, yeah. but yeah. influencer is really like the main word, right? It's okay. not a platform-related word. So when an influencer joins us, right, number one, we study which platform he or she is strong in. It could be Instagram, YouTube. Um, it's better to be agnostic to the different platforms just so that for influencer marketing, the marketers can then use whichever influencer they are popular in whichever platforms to achieve their marketing objectives. Then we will scour through whether they have bought fake followers, fake likes, mm. whether they have got recent activity on the particular platform. I mean, you could be entirely authentic, but you could be not being active on the platform for a long time as well. Mm. Also studying your personality, uh, your profile, kind of whether it's a lifestyle, travel, food, so and so forth, so that we can then match the advertiser as relevant as possible to the influence of choice. Mm. I've also heard of a lot of consumers complaining that the influencers, yeah, you know, they, they might be legit in the sense that, yeah, the followers are all real. They are kind of aligned with the brand that they're trying to sell. But some of them don't even try the products or services before raving about it. And there's also the added suspicion. If you're an influencer being paid to say good things about a product or service, naturally you will say good things, right? Whether or not the product or service is good. So how do you counter all of that to ensure that there's some credibility here? Yes, uh, in fact, inauthenticity is a big thing in our industry. Yeah. Um, even if it's something that they really try, sometimes it may also backfire just because there are so many other black sheep in the, in the, in the scene, right? Uh, even if it's legit, I would also think that, ah, sponsored means fake, right? Yes. So inauthenticity is a big thing. So I think, uh, or traditionally, right, when we are looking for influencers, the brands only consider which influencer is good, right? And then there are actually three key things to consider. Number one is where what and who. Number one, where is, which are the platforms you should be selecting? Is it TikTok, LinkedIn, or maybe YouTube or Instagram? The second thing is what. What is the message that we really want to say that can resonate with the end consumers and not just what the influencer wants to say? If the end consumer really wants to know about the benefits, then we talk about a message that is around the benefits. But if the end consumer actually just want to know what's good to, to, to understand and a quick content, then the message needs to be catered to the end consumer out there. Then the last one is who. If it's a female talking about a male product, then it really looks very inauthentic. You can imagine how irrelevant that is. So the who is really important so that it's relevant. Once we've got the where, the what, and the who really uh, customized towards the end consumer, this will reduce that, that likelihood of the inauthenticity and bring up the credibility of the influencers. Mm. All these considerations, uh, Evangeline, is, is this the reason why word-of-mouth marketing is making a comeback? If not, why then? Hmm. I think word-of-mouth marketing, it, actually our company named Kobe, right? <laughs> a lot of people thought that we are from Japan beef. or we sell mm. beef. Yes. <laughs> actually, the, the word comes from Kobe, which is a Chinese oh. word for word-of-mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. So I should say Kobe, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, actually. okay. <laughs> 
So actually, word of mouth, the Chinese word, right, kopei, actually literally comes from, it means word that is scripted onto a stone block. Yes. Where in the past, yeah, people actually hold on to this stone block and they move around to tell more people about what they have that, are, that is good about them. So this is the traditional meaning of kopei. Mm. So word of mouth actually has been around for, I don't know how many years. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's in the Stone Age, I think, or something. So, so translated to modern times, actually the need, the psychological or the basic human need for trust, reliability and someone else that they can trust in mm. before they make a certain decision, that is something that will not go away as is part of our human make. Okay. Right. So it's just really bringing it online and, and, and using it to its full potential because nowadays online you can scale it so much fast, faster, further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about helping influencers be better influencers, yeah? So earlier we talked about trust and credibility issues. Now, it isn't in the interest of the influencer to also lie, right? I mean, it will affect their own reputation and how they continue to market themselves in this field. So what's your advice to influencers in order to be more, you know, known by the brands that they're trying to sell? Mm. Actually, there would be one thing to stick to. Remember who made you who you are. I think the reason why influencers can be called influencers is because they have amassed a good number of followers who are loyal, who are committed and are interested in what they have to say. Mm. Right? And this is the number of followers, let's say 1,000 or 5,000, right? And these are the people who make you who you are today, really. And, and always remembering, will they like what I'm about to say? Will they stay engaged? How do I engage them even more? I think moving in that direction, whether or not to work on this advertiser or what kind of messages I want to be saying, that will always be on the right track as the general direction. Maybe language can be involved here somehow because, I mean, you guys, we we have been talking about influencers and of course this word of mouth uh, uh, marketing uh, that's that's been around for a long time and how it's making a comeback. Uh, can you coach influencers to use a word of mouth style in that sense when when they engage their uh, followers on their platform? Mm, that's a good thought over there in a particular style. Mm. Actually, each influencer, they have their own way of speaking, right? Some really talk about like a, a, a very short caption. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we are all very used to seeing a very chic and very hipster, very short yeah. kind of caption. Yeah. Some like to use a very long blog style caption. Some like to add different languages, Singlish, different mm. hashtags and all mm-hmm. that. I think... Um, as a as a native influence, as a as a follower, you will kind of know your influencer style, mm. right? And then if the style suddenly changes to be perfect, advertiser language, <laughs> you know, selling oh the unique selling points of this are this this grab yours now, then we are all able to tell that ah okay, uh, this is not something I think yeah. is usually what he or she says. Yeah. So I must say that stick to your own style on whoever, however you got there. Mm. That would be the great rule of thumb to follow. Yeah, you got to know your audience, yeah? yeah. I just want to talk to you about a slightly different type of brand. When it comes to government agencies, and this has been a point of contention off and on uh, over the years. A few years ago, for instance, I remember the Ministry of Finance actually engaged influencers to promote Singapore budget, the budget process. They wanted to reach out to younger Singaporeans. 
Now, the consensus then was, hey, this isn't quite working. You know, these influencers don't have the credibility to carry it off. When it comes to things like that, what's your advice to, say, government agencies who are trying to reach a younger audience with a pretty serious message and trying to do so credibly? This one, uh, it has been quite a big news back then for the Ministry of Finance. So I think uh, the main reason for that pitfall was about the selection of irrelevant influencers. Mm. Yeah, um, in that case, maybe they have selected influencers that did not um, exactly understood what was going on. Or maybe when they were expressing themselves, it did not feel like they could understand anyway. So I think the argument then was that, you know, very few young people would naturally be comfortable expressing such ideas. So they just got a, a bunch of influencers in the room, you know, trying desperately to make them able to talk about this. Yeah, kind of like putting them like a, like a, what we call loud hailer, just copy and paste the message, mm. go and shout out to all those that you know of. There wasn't really a co-creation involved oh. and, and there wasn't really like a, a good relevant selection of influencers um, involved. Something to be very careful of is certain uh, platforms which allows you to kind of crowdsource influencers. Mm. You pay for a certain amount and then after that the influencer whoever wants to earn however much amount they would then um, get that amount of money and then talk about it online so in this case you'll be attracting all sorts of influencers regardless whether they are relevant or not then at the end of the day this is the outcome that you may be likely ending up with so it's pretty important to select influencers that are relevant from the get-go and then having them understand the policy or whichever message that you are trying to explain um, in, in a more uh, in-depth manner rather than using just like a standard get them into a room everybody just take this message and shout it out tonight okay. we're on the line this morning with Evangeline Leong who is founder of Cope Global Technologies Evangeline I love a good story any chance you would have one of a brand uh, that your company has helped with regard to word of mouth uh, marketing campaigns mm, maybe I can talk about say uh Pepsi. <laughs> what, what did they do right then? <laughs> I think um, it was it, it's been it's been really fun working with them. Recently, we've done uh, uh, under the Pepsi Co. There is a, a Mountain Dew kind of a collaboration, right? And then okay. recently, there is a Blackpink kind of collaboration. I think something that is pretty trendy right now as well. We won an award for the Mountain Dew collaboration. So uh, it was a Mountain Dew X PUBG collaboration where the influencers, um, there, there was a campaign about the PUBG game um, that is a collab with the Mountain Dew. And what happened was trying to put out a content out there that talks about a game and a drink at the same time, it's very difficult to see how the image could likely look look like. Is it someone drinking a, a bottle of drink or is it someone gaming at the game station? Okay. So at the end, we, we did what we call a creative overlay where we got all the influencers to look like they are playing in the game of PUBG as if they're one of the characters. We did a green screen, <laughs> creative okay. overlay, and the guns they were holding was actually the Mountain Dew bottles. So when people who are the players of the PUBG game, when they scroll past Instagram, this, this would, or, or whichever social media platform, this image would definitely call out to them. So we were able to attract the right people who were the, the gamers themselves, and then they could participate in this game. And then the, the visuals were all very consistent because everybody looked like they were 
playing this war game and everybody went live around the same time. Right. So that creates some kind of a sensation. It was very fun. So I think this also um, lets us um, understand that in the, at the end of the day, influencer marketing, you can play so much with the visuals, with the content, with the kind of influencers. And really, it's uh, not really just about uh, influencing, but also having a creative flair and having tasteful content out there. This is clearly when you put out there, it's kind of obvious that it's an advertisement, but it's tasteful and it's fun and, and people like the call to action as well. Mm. Mm, tasteful, very good word to use. I think that's what a lot of sophisticated and savvy consumers are looking for these days. Moving forward, though, what are some of the trends you're observing and how are you preparing to capitalize on these trends? Yeah, for the for the trends, I think in the past, just now we talked a lot about bloggers, right? It was all very context-heavy, very visual as well. We could, we could stare at a blog page for 30 minutes, just read a full-length blog. I think none of us can imagine that today, right? You're just looking at Instagram or maybe doing a quick TikTok scroll. Our attention span really has shortened. And today it's a lot about 360 experience, you know, metaverse, AR, VR, mm. TikTok. In the past, it was a very 2D kind of uh, experience. I mean, now you can't even switch on a TikTok without making sure that you are, you are kind of alone in the room because it's entirely sound on when you switch on the, pl- the, the app. It really gives you that not just the visual experience, but audio experience as well. I think right now we are doing a very audio experience kind of thing, right? Uh, on, this, on this radio and, and some people might be commuting or something. Yeah. So I think we are moving forward towards a trend where marketers are trying to deliver as much as possible a very 360 experience so that the message can go out there to the consumer as much as possible. And that would be a trend that would be looking forward on all the newer tools that I mentioned, AR, VR, you know, metaverse and all that. Yeah, always gets a little bit challenging when you consider that consumers of today are multitaskers all the time. We've been speaking with uh, Evangeline Leong, who's founder of Kobe Global Technologies. Really appreciate your time this morning, uh, Evangeline. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you. You guys too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.